0: Welcome to Conversation with H, and we have a superb guest with us, you know. He's been a staple in the Birmingham community and our communities for over, well over a decade. You understand that? (laughs) Well over a decade. You say 10 years. Well over that. A true change agent in the West Midlands, founder and trustee of the award-winning charity First Class Foundation, co-founder of Legacy Impact UK with his wife, who are equality and diversity consultants, a man for the people, an activist, someone who cares about the next generation, the businessman, the husband, the father, formerly known as Skipper, the incredible, the super, <laughs> sir, neighbour Dennis, how you doing today? <laughs>
1: man said, sir, you know, um, I'm excellent, you know, like, first and foremost, like, thank you for the Like, you see, when I got the message, I was like, hold on. God is seeing the work I am (laughs) doing. Nah, like, seriously, I was like, nah, Mm. Anna. Like, seriously, I've seen your shows. Um, I love what you're doing. I love the vision behind it. And then when the call came, he said, would you? I was like, bro, you made me feel like, yeah, my work is being noticed, (laughs) like, literally. Um, But, yeah, I'm here. I'm here, man.
0: For those who don't know who you are, who is Nathan Dennis?
1: Like, with my chest, proud born again Christian, Mm. like servant of God, like that's like the first, but my two titles that I hold dear to my heart is husband. Mm -hmm. Ah, I love it, you know, and (laughs) like a father to four amazing daughters. Mm. Yeah, like that for me is who I am. I'm a husband, a family man, proud father, Mm. um, and a a serving active Christian. Mm. Um, that I just seeing it's mad how Christ came in my life and just slapped everything off and just has changed my life and it's truly an honour and through that relationship I can now say I'm a founder of a charity mm-hmm. that we run yep. in the, in Birmingham, the West Midlands, um, First Class Foundation and also I have a consultancy and training company mm-hmm. um, that does a lot of training for different public sector and private sector clients can mm-hmm. they more effectively engage with Black people yeah, um, yeah, from yeah. different um, walks of life, and I do have a few um, mm. investments behind the scenes because you know, the the, the, the good Lord says I have a bit of stewardship. Yes. Say. Yes, so, yes. Yes. So um, I've diversified as well That's um, cool. to make sure that I don't get caught um, in the streets. to call it I get caught lacking.
0: Yeah, caught slipping. Get caught yeah. slipping.
1: You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> uh, in in 2010, I got caught slipping hard. Um, government change from Labour government yeah, yeah, to yeah. Con- Conservatives. Austerity measures were announced. Um, my business was, you know, at the time, I think I was employing... I was employing, what, three, four-time staff. Wow. We had four part-time staff, a team of volunteers and sessional workers. Mm. And overnight, when the government lost the, their position, I had to make all the staff team redundant. Um, and I found myself in, like, a depression, to be honest, keeping mm. it real. Um, And it took long to bounce back. It took real long, you know, I just got saved, Mm. like started this company that I felt God told me to start. Faith walking, seeing miracles happen. Mm. And then all of of a sudden everything stopped. Um, So when I found or felt God saying around about 2019, saying to me, "Uh, Nathan, I want you to leave that job and go back and do what I told you to do. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, God, how am I gonna do this when mm. I've got like, at the time, two daughters? And she's gonna say, I'm like, I can't do it, man. But God gave me one massive vision. I was doing some youth work. Mm. With the first time, actually, I went self-employed. Yeah. And I was outside the job center, and I seen all these people just coming out of the job center. And God gave me this vision of me like on a, um, a hamster's wheel. Mm. And he said, if you, don't obey, if you don't obey me, you're going to be like a hamster on a hamster wheel going around in circles. So you need to step out, leave this job, so I stepped out in faith, did what I needed to do. Mm. Right about 2011, that thing kind of popped down. Um, and I like, I put all my eggs in one basket. And very long story short, we've got time. Well, mm. I'm just giving you the, the trailer. Um, I think it was about 2017, got a place in my heart to step back out in faith. And um, what I said to myself is that I'm gonna learn the lessons from the last time.
2: Mm. And
1: I'm not gonna put all my eggs in one basket. So now. I have multiple baskets. Mm. Sometimes we're asking God for miracles, but we haven't provided him any baskets Mm. to perform and multiply what we're doing. So for me, I have different business vehicles where that when I pray and I ask for multiplication, there's practical things where you can send things to.
0: Mm. You see what you're doing now? You're tapping into your whole life story, but we're skipping apart. (laughs) We're skipping younger you because this is great where you've got to now, what you had to go through. Mm. But prior to that, there was a young Nathan Dennis. hmm What was he like?
1: So how young are we talking? We're talking about junior school.
0: Talking junior school, all up into the teens. Is it Are there two different Nathan Dennis's at that point or...?
1: So me, I was like, you see what's interesting? Because I think it's so important to have context as mm. well. So I am like a proud grandchild of grandparents that come from Jamaica. Yes. part of the Windrush generation but my dad is Rasta Got you. so you see when I'm growing up now I'm growing up in a Rasta household so yeah. I'm listening to tunes like like um, in my house there's a picture on the wall Rastafari I sit on his throne so I'm hearing that kind of philosophy from my yeah. dad yeah and then my mom's kind of like for a bit of my childhood she's not christian but yeah. she comes from the church background yeah, yeah, yeah so then my nan and grandparents of church so i kind of like rasta culture but had that kind of christian ethos growing yeah, yeah, yeah. up and one of the things i remember and i miss it so badly now is i just remember like a culture of like we never had much but we always had food and we had oh, yeah. and we had each other yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like i just remember like rolling with my mom or rolling with my dad and we're just in and out of different people's homes um for those who are from West Midlands, like, we used to do a thing in Hansworth Park called Sunday Festival, mm-hmm. where sound systems would come into the park, play tunes, jerk chickens running, just pure vibes, mm-hmm. you meet in the community, and that's what I remember. Like, I remember community, like, oneness. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter whose house I dropped on. If I, if I if I was running with you and we was around each other when I was younger, I could just, it's not even a question. Like, I'd come to the yard and I know I could eat food. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But now we're, I feel like we've just gone too. I don't. I, I don't know if it's because we're busy, but I feel like people want like for me before you come to my house and all this kind of stuff. And like we interact through social media, mm. but we're not socially interacting
0: anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he, I, I think what it is as well, um, the difference to when we were younger, is that the the way you would interact with somebody or be about somebody or be with your friends and that was like face-to-face, you'd, 100%, go, you'd be on your bikes, so you go to the run, park, or you're not door-running, or whatever, Kirby, all them kind of things, you're at Hansworth Park, or you're at, you're at a Park in Great Bar, or you're at Perry, you're at Perry Park, or whatever, whichever park it is, Yeah. and you're chilling, and you're relaxing, and that's your essentially your community.
1: That's what I remember, bro.
0: Now, it's like your community is who's online, yeah. your community is like... How much
1: followers have I got? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the community. So with you, is that essentially what makes you quite passionate moving forward in life? Because obviously you build your community of friends as well. So yeah, you grow yeah. up with them before you become Christian. You grew up with your community of friends, and what is that like being in that kind of community, which is totally different to what we're in at the moment? So going into your teenage and early 20s.
1: So teenage, early 20s, it was interesting. So you grow up, go to school. Didn't do too well in school, so you know. The truth of the matter was, it's only now when I done like when I got old and I done a bit of counselling, mm. I actually realised that I was like, if any any of my school friends that would listen to this, they'll think, nah, that's a lie, because I was missed Mr. Tell jokes all the time in class <laughs> and disrupt the class. But you know, when I was being honest with myself and being real, especially when I came to faith and came to Christ, mm. I realised that a lot of the times I was wearing a mask. I was like dealing with deep, insecurities like because i was born like with a heart operation um okay. basically the, the the easy way to say it is i was born with a hole in my heart so yeah. when i was like about two um i was like in a coma on life support machine and the doctors were trying to tell my mom 50 50. basically my mom mm. has gone to my nan who was going to new testament church Hansworth, mm. and they had a prayer meeting and they prayed for me and long story short i come out of the coma come off. Well, not coma, but life support machine. And um, that affected me when I was in school. So I didn't really engage with sports. So, like, my cousins and different friends were like, they were just like, for me, just fit. Mm. They could do the cross country, the smashed up football. And I would just always make excuses. And then also, I had like bad, real bad acne, like Mm. when I was at school. So, like, overweight acne, had a kind of like low self esteem. But I realized I could make people laugh. So I control environments and the the class, disrupt the class. But it really was a mask. In trying to say, probably struggling academically, and it's only like when I left school and even left college, and I've gone through my faith conversion, and I realized that I started to deal with myself like on a psychology perspective, Mm. and I realized that you know what, Nathan, if you're being honest with yourself, like looking at the man in the mirror, like you had low self-esteem you know mm-hmm. say, and then what was mad, so if i if I fast forward a bit, so gone through that kind of period I've left school, tried to do college, mm. there's things happening in my household with, between my mum and dad. Mm. that's quite traumatic for me. Mm. And then I remember like this is what was happening to me. So going to college and uh, my, my 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 national record of achievement says I want to be a TV presenter. That's what I wanted to be or an actor. And I remember I was doing my performing arts, BTEC course, and then my national diploma. And I went round the them that was in a certain area, mm. Handsworth, mm. Carly told mm. Yeah, and I was like, yo, you're mad. You if you can be an actor, bro? Like, how many black actors do you see? Mm. That's, that's dumb. Like, why are you wasting your time doing that? And it kind of like planted a seed, like, for real? Like, what am I doing? Then fast forward, I'm going to college now, and I start to, cause like, I remember like I used to do like, passing back my bus pass. Mm. Money's not running. Like, don't want to put my mom under, like, pressure. And me and my brother, I actually used to rob people on the bus. We used to, like, first, like, to um, earn a little bit of money. Mm. Sorry, mom, if you are seeing this for the first time and hearing this. We used to rob people. Yeah, me and my brother bully people on the bus to get money, take their phones off them, the Nokia phones with the snake, mm.
2: um,
1: and then try and sell it to make money. And then, long story short, um, I ended up getting into the road, so I started mm. selling like, illegal substances on the road, and I started to get into this road life. So what happened, I was going to college, but I was starting to sell things on the street. Mm. I'd be in class, and my phone's ringing, and it's a sale. So I answered the sale, so I run out of class, liquor sale, and then run back <laughs> into college, and then the teacher's telling me something dumb, that I think is just dumb and mm. long and saying, yes, I it's crap, but I've got like real cash in my pocket, and then I just started to do road hard, like, from, like, for those who understand road language, like, like, little drawers mm. to, like, quarters, half, mm. ounces, the keys. Jeez. So I'm moving food yeah. on the road and I'm starting to make money. Mm. So with that money comes, I'm able to buy a car, I buy my, my big gold chain, mm-hmm. a diamond pendulum, I have diamond rings, I've got diamond watches. I'm going, I'm starting to go dances, I'm getting recognition. So then, like my friend's nickname is Skipper, but then I started to like really play to this guy. You know what I'm trying sure to say, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm on road, I'm doing my thing, and then it's like, yo, Skipper done, yo yo blood. Because what happened? I got to a place where I bought two golfs at the same time. I had two golfs, and one of my golfs had a private number plate. I called it D Skipper, a privatized number plate. I had cream liver settees in there, change exhaust pipe induction kit and i had a motorized dvd player in there
0: so that money was real
1: so like back then that's if you're talking about 18 19 yeah, 20 that's years ago crazy like people are like yo how what are you blood you got two goals what's going on then i would like back then for those who do the club life you could get away with buying one buckle of moe mm. a buckle of champagne and like yo you're the man yeah. nowadays i've seen it i want to birthday parties People are sending 15 bottles, yeah. fireworks, sparklers going to like show that they're the man or whatever. So I got into that lifestyle, but what happened was like, it was just like, it got out of control. So I'm thinking, yeah, skip that down and I'm raising money. But then, bro, there was one time I, I remember this specifically, yeah.
2: Mm.
1: I'm counting out a shoebox full of money. So I'm working out the money I gotta pay to the man, mm. and then I'm working out my profit. And I kind of said to myself, imagine if i could buy myself like a ferrari and a bigger gold chain and a bigger watch because that was all my goals was just to buy these material things mm. like would i be happy because what happened when i wasn't in the club i wasn't in a dance or was with a different woman mm. the deep down is when i was by myself i felt so alone and i felt empty like i'm being real and i couldn't understand it because i got all this cash and i'm going hard for roll because that's what i thought in. i'm mm. watching mtv cribs and I'm watching these videos and I'm thinking to be a man I thought was these three things you have to be tough be able to make money and get girls Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say so when I'm talking to my friends like yo which girls you being with and like you're kind of exchanging stories and it's like that's how so I thought that's what masculinity was you have Mm -hmm. to be able to make money be able to fight and defend yourself Mm -hmm. and and get girls bro when I got when I become Christian I got slapped that was just so dead like what am I talking about so skipper and then skipper done became a mad character bro, like money man, dances, girls, living that life um, and then my girlfriend at the time became pregnant mm. and then life started to get real, I was like rah, I'm gonna become a father and based on my own experience with my own dad, I love my dad to bits, don't mm. get it twisted but and things that I've seen in the community, like I said to myself, I don't want to be like the man that I've seen in the community that I've grown up around. Because to be honest, I haven't seen lots of good examples. Like most of my friends, even some of my cousins, Mm. like haven't got a positive thing to say about their dad. Like dad hasn't been there. So I said, you know what? I don't want to get fall fall into that trap. So I started to think about, I need to exit this lifestyle. Um, Because deep down, I wasn't happy. Money was Mm. coming in, not happy. And I'm thinking like, what can I do? And then what happens is that like, my daughter's born and my mum invites me to her church. Like, so my daughter's born and I'm like, traditionally what you do is get your daughter christened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So my mum said to me, Nathan, do me a favour. Don't make it look bad. I know how you stay. You're doing your thing. But come to the church service before... Um, so they
0: see your face and everything. Yeah, like
1: before the christening, so yeah, the yeah, week yeah. before. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm busy. This time now, I started off with a certain kind of greens, as mm-hmm. for those who understand, I'm not gonna talk the whole business, mm-hmm. but those who understand road culture, and I started to go to harder food. Mm-hmm. So I started off, you know, got to boxes mm-hmm. and certain food, and then I started to go to different ones, higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. you get ingredient, you wanna make more money, more money. So imagine now, I've gone to the church service. This is the week before my daughter's christening. Mm. I'm on road, I'm active, bro. Now, I'm in the church service sitting there and God is my witness God strike me down right now if I'm lying I'm thinking about cells I've got to lick in the church service and I'm actually thinking this church service is so dead like it's dry and bored but a woman jumps up in the church and she starts to what I now understand prophesy Mm. and said Jesus Christ is coming back soon is your is your soul ready and it was like a word came out of her mouth like a boomerang and I seen how that word traveled down it like I seen people like what I now and I was getting into the spirit, mm-hmm. and then the word was like a boomerang traveling, and everyone in the aisles before me was like, getting into the spirit, and then I was looking, I went, bam, like the word hit me in my chest, and I'm just crying, bro, like I'm like, seriously, ugly crying in the church, I'm like bawling, broken, can't stop myself, you know the ugly crying
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So you get to the end of the service now, you have to understand I have got drugs and different things around me, yeah, and. I kind of like, to get to the end of the service and they're saying, ah, oh, does anyone want to get saved? Or no, 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 I'm lying. Does anyone want to come for prayer?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And something just says to me, go up to the front, and I remember no word of a lie. You understand, I think I'm a G, bro. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm, I think, in my head, I'm a gangster. Yeah. What I'm trying to say? So I'm walking up to the front of the church and I say with an attitude, God, if you're real, and I'm bopsing, you know, to the front, like cause I'm thinking everyone's watching me in it. Mm, like, you got to keep me? persona going, So I'm yeah. keeping this persona. And I say, God, if you're real, you better you better prove it. That's what I said in my mind. Before I even finished the thought process, something went smack in my chest. And I dropped to the floor, and I heard, clear as day, get baptised next week.
0: So are I, your daughter's christening?
1: No, this is the week before.
0: No, but this is saying get baptised next week yeah. at
1: the daughter's... Cr- at my daughter's christening. Hear the joke now, so I've got up all in like a daze. Seen someone? I was just sitting into the air like, "Yo, I need to get baptized next week." I've someone's told me down there I need to get baptized next week. So I've got up, yeah. Then at the end of service, they're saying three people want to give their life to the Lord. I'm in my world. The th- one, the second person, right, was my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. She's getting licked up at the altar at the same time, and God tells her the same thing. So all the fam now, all man them and everything, I've come next week to a christening. I'm ashamed, bro, I will keep it real. Mm. I don't wanna tell nobody that I'm gonna be a Christian. Mm. Man, like, where I'm coming from, Christian, that's some that's some weak thing, like, yeah, I'm just... the, that's how I, I'm being honest, that's how I see it. So I only could tell my nana and my mum, and certain things, people, cause I kinda of, like ashamed to tell a man that I was gonna be a Christian. Mm. So all of them and them, like, church is packed out, got a pair of my G's in mm. there, dark glasses, yeah, da, yeah, da. da, da. Yeah, yeah. And like, they'll come to the christening part and then all of a sudden they see me leave the church, and come back in with like a white robe, a white and sandals, t- and they're like, "What's wrong, with Mike? What's wrong, with Skipper?" And then, woof, the holy like the Holy Spirit wants to use me then, cause I was just crying and just telling them like, "Yo, I have to come off the road," and let let me let me keep it so real what? with ya, yeah, bro. I had at least three grand, or probably even a bit more, old to me, cause I used to give people things to work on the street, um, on consignment. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. have to pay me straight away, just work it and come back. I phoned everybody. And I said, yo, keep the money. That's me being real. I even, all my jewelry, because it came from illegal money. I I got convicted like this money is dirty money. It's sin. It's like illegal money. Like, I don't want none of this in my life. So I've got baptized. My brethrens are like laughing at me at the Christian, like, blood, you, blood, we was running, Mm -hmm. blood, we was in them girls the other day. Like, I know how you are, bro. I said, bro, I can't explain it, but God told me to get baptized and I have to come off the road. So. I phoned everyone that owes me money. I said to them, yo, I've, I'm come off the thing, leave it. This side the devil wanted me hard. It was even in the gap between the, the getting back baptized or just after. I never touched coke or anything like mm-hmm. that when I was serving food. But was like the top of the tree. A man phoned me and said, I got a kilo of Colombian Pure. Jesus. I'm going to give you for free. Just work it and then give me the money later. That's a devil, bro. And I said, Nah, I'm I'm out. And I put down the phone. Now, all of my jewelry, I went to the jewelry quarter in 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 Birmingham, mm. and I, and I pawned it all. God is my witness. God knows me. Mm. Like I'm not lying. Three to four, probably even five envelopes, Offering envelopes. I'm packing up all my road money in the envelope, and I give the whole church all of my all of, all, of my, all of my money because it's illegal. Got so convicted that this dirty money. Like I didn't want it in my life. Like I felt like God was doing a new thing in my life and I didn't want to start this foundation with that kind of like dirty money that was rooted in sin and and destruction. Um, And I pawned my jewelry, got the money and gave it to church as well. But then, bro, I'm going through hard times. I've come off the road, I've got a new daughter and bro, it was hard bro. Like I'm like, God, what's going on? Mm. I remember one specific story. I think Swin my girlfriend at the time still. Swin just moving to like a one-bedroom flat situation in Great Bar by so mm. like Scott Arms. And like I've gone to the bank account now to try and take out money. Insufficient funds. I've had to phone the bank and I realise it's like only like six pounds I've got in my account, so I can't really take out any money. So I go to the bank to the to the to the counter and ask for the five pound. I remember crossing the road and I'm outside Iceland and I say to my girlfriend who's now my wife, I says, hold this five pound and we stood outside Iceland and I prayed and I said, God, I don't know how we're going to do this, but pray you make this five pound stretch and um, we went into Iceland and bro, I broke down, like, I left my girlfriend, now my wife, to walk on. I was just crying bro, I was like, why is this, I've come to like, you have to understand, I can, I can sell things, I know how to phone a man and get something and just, you know what I'm saying, mm. say, but I'm trusting this new thing, called faith, like walking with Christ. To the point, like now I've given away, like I haven't, I haven't got my car no more. I can't even yes. go and get a haircut. But God was telling me in all of this, like, trust me, like trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean mm-hmm. on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Mm-hmm. And bro, it took about three, four years, like cold turkey, come off the road. My friends are phoning me saying, yo, there's this dance happening even friends were saying there's birthday parties and i'd always go on my knees you know and i'd pray i remember one of my one of my, my female friends it was a birthday party a special birthday and like everyone that was going there was only going there because they knew her through me and i remember going to my knees you know and i prayed and i said god should i go to this party and god says no and i says why i was crying bro i had to leave my house and like it was, it was i couldn't understand this thing and god was saying nathan look there's certain things inside of you that, like, if you hear certain tunes or you see certain girls dressed a certain way, it's gonna, open it's up gonna pull end. you back. Mm-hmm. You're not ready, you're not strong enough, like, just do what I'm telling you to do. And, bro, it was heartbreaking, like, money has gone, socialised life is gone. We ended up moving from Great Bar to a flat in Dig um, Beth, bro. It was even more torturous. In the flat I was living in, I could hear Club air. there was a club, which is a drum and bass club. I used to love going drum and bass raves as well. And at night I could hear the raves. It was like tormenting me, but it was kind of good because I learned how to pray in the mm. night. Like I remember walking up and down late at night, like with my Bible open, and I'd recite night after night, Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high, shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. I'll say, I'd, and I'd richly go into warfare and just, declare all the, God, the, word, the word of God of my life and pray the Psalms out mm-hmm. loud. And, um, yeah, like that is like the real journey that I've been through behind the scenes. But what's mad, yeah, and what's amazing is, you know, early in the Christian life, I had a revelation. I read a book called He Motions by T.D. D. Jakes, mm-hmm. and that gave me a revelation that my girlfriend was my wife. And I read another book called Sexual Integrity by Dr. Edwin Cole. Mm. I recommend any man, listen, man, you have to get this book. It is it is so deep because in this book, it talks about soul ties, mm. yeah? And there's a prayer in the book that was talking about when you, um, God's original plan was for a man and woman to get married and that was it. And when, when you have sex and the penis penetrates the hymen that's in the vagina, mm. There's blood that is shed, and, God, and in this book it talks about how sex is actually marriage, mm. how it's a covenant, that when you pierce a virgin's hymen, mm. blood is shed, and that blood that shed is our covenant, and mm. it talks about how like Christ's blood shed is like a covenant between us and, you know, you, mm-hmm. for those who know, you know. So when I'm reading this book now, I'm thinking about all my sexual partners, and I'm thinking, rah, I must have enough soul ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a prayer that is like a prayer of repentance to break soul ties. And after I prayed that prayer with genuine heart, bro, because I was getting, even though I was Christian, for the first year, I was getting like visions of past girls that I've been with and getting like deep in my stomach, pools to go and link girls and that. And I read this book now and bro, the thing broke. And you see when I seen Sabrina, we went out to Star City to a restaurant. I looked on her she walked in the room I said, oh my God, that's my wife. And it was like the scales. When I prayed that prayer and repented from past sexual partners, It's like I seen her, and I said, rah, she's my wife. And then I proposed to her at church. Um, And I want to say all of these things, you know, because one of the things I think is mad, especially for those who are part of the body, is like, no one's not keeping it real no more, Mm. yeah? People thinking that, like, God's sleeping, and that you can just do what you want to do and expect blessings, like, I'm telling you, yeah, I fully gave away all my money to Christ. I fully stopped sleeping around. I fully committed to one woman like I've now sitting here, mm. been married for sixteen years, bro. For me, no one can't tell me if that Christ ain't real. Because I know the, the listen, I grew up on reggae music saying old oh, dog like we. Mm-hmm. We have to mm-hmm. have them in our tools and tree. And everybody know me a while already. Believe you me. And it talks about From your see your gallery look good, you have mm-hmm. it fuller and take like I yeah, grew up yeah, yeah, under yeah. certain philosophies and an ideology that is a man was a man that had enough women. So when I come to Christ now and Christ is telling me about my wife and, and, and the two should become one flesh, it was a massive thing for me. I was so scared the day before my wedding cause I was like, God, can I do this? And God encouraged me with Psalms. I mean, Proverbs three verse five, which I've said already about mm-hmm. trusting in the Lord with all your heart, leaning on your own understanding. And I'm not saying, I'm definitely can't say I'm perfect, but one of the things I have done, like the things that my Bishop has taught me mm-hmm. about secret place praying, about warring in the spirit about um, pulling down things and binding things about being integral how if you if you're faithful with a little god will make you master of much mm-hmm. bro the figures that i manage now the mm-hmm. money that i have around me yeah is mad but it started with how faithful was i with the 10 pound not people think oh everyone's talking about, i want the bag i want the bag but are you tithing Are you, outside of the basic, what you're supposed to do about tithing, are you giving offering? Mm -hmm. Are you sowing and helping people in secret? No, but everyone wants to like have the bag so they can post on the gram, but we're not following biblical principles. Mm. People think like you can sleep around and God's not, God's sleeping, and you're wondering why like certain things are not moving in your life, how they need to move. Like everything that people see, and when people connect to me, and the work that we do in the charity, the work I do in my consultancy, I know it's because of the faithfulness behind the scenes, bro. Mm-hmm. Like God, I know, like, I can say it with my chest, like God knows that he can put a hundred grand on me and I'm not gonna just go and run off and just do something stupid mm-hmm. because I've been faithful with the hundred pound, the 10 pound, and then when it got to a thousand pound and then when it's grown, and I've and I've practiced that behind the scenes in secret, I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. like, I have, with all of my chest, really, Tried my hardest to be the best husband I can be. And I haven't always got it right. Three years into my marriage, imagine the first business has kind of like, um, going going through hardship, so going back to the faith journey, Mm -hmm. five pounds standing outside Iceland. God gives me a vision to start this organisation. It's taken about three to four years to even see money. To the point that me and my wife, bro, it was like, I call it, we worked out how to do whoops shopping. So what whoops shopping is, is in ASDA. I don't have to still do it because I don't really use ASDA that much. They used to put out yellow labels and it goes whoops, yeah, still... look at the prices. Yep. So we used to time it and realize that about seven o'clock at certain the time the they put all the stuff out. So that's the only way we could shop, bro. Wow. Like now, like we've got three now we have four children, mm. but at the time it was like two children and we like what's going on. So. I got a contract now. I think the first proper money I had from my contract from London was 31 grand that mm. came into the account. And I remember going to the cash machine, I printed off the receipt because like, I couldn't believe it because I had no money for so long. And then God made something happen. And I remember looking at the balance. And then so that year I decided to um, give my wife to say thank you with two, two grand. Mm. So I gave her £2,000 I said, babe, I just want to give you this for... Sticking with me for so many years when I've just been, in my opinion, a waste man financially. Mm. I'll keep it real. I couldn't provide, but all I could do is just love her Mm. and tell her just to like, I'm trusting God. That same year, I I surprised her and bought her a car, a white Beetle, a Volkswagen Beetle. And then also to make things slap, because things are starting to slap. I did a surprise trip to Florida, Mm. but imagine this now, because I've come on the scene. So how I started my work-like kind of thing. It's funny how you told me at the start, before we went live, that you see me at a conference where the school speaking, because mm-hmm. that's how I started. So people have changed, I've come off the road, people are hearing about this guy that's come off the road and has turned Christian, and everyone wanted to hear the story. Mm-hmm. So I was going around telling my testimony, yep. and schools were paying me to do that. So that's how I started life. I was a school speaker. So fast forward, in Florida, I'm thinking I'm the man travelling, sharing my story in churches, in schools, Money's coming in, and I've won a contract as well in London. Bro, my wife sits me down and says, Nathan, I'm, I'm not happy. I said, oh, huh? She said, yeah, um, I feel like a single woman, a single mother in this relationship. And I'm like, huh? Remember, this is the same year I've given the two grand. Bought a car. Bought a car. I'm doing a surprise. We're in Florida. And I said, really? She says, yeah. She said, Nathan, I've seen you flying, and I'm so proud of you. I think it's amazing what you're doing. But you're never in the house. You're up there everywhere doing all of this stuff. I'm not happy. And I feel like a single mother. It it was like she slapped me in my face. I was, I was. You know know what it is
0: as well? Because in your head, you're provided.
1: Bro, compared to my dad, or compared to men, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm the man. And it's, bro, it was like, really, babe? And she said, yeah. Bro, I was rocked, I was like, wow. So three years into my marriage, I said, I went, put the brakes on. I jumped off everything, bro, most things. And I started to serve in my house. Mm -hmm. I started to be a better father, like really do school run, really like, like, cause them times we couldn't really afford the full-time nursery. So I'd be with my kids, read stories, do maths with them and all that kind of stuff. And I just started to serve my house, like mad, like be a husband we come across a, um, a resource called um, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal resource. Anyone that's a Christian couple or a couple, go on the website, fivelovelanguages.com, and do the test. Mm-hmm. So when I've done the test now with my wife, I realised that my love language is touch. Mm-hmm. And my wife's is acts of service and quality time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So all these times that I'm trying to drop money on her, Buy her gift, it's not her love language, so actually, she doesn't even receive the love. Mm. What her love language is if I take the time to spend time with her, yeah,
0: yeah, or yeah. if I
1: take the time to set her a bath and light two candles, mm. that's where I'm communicating because that's her love language around acts of service and quality time. And it changed the game for my marriage. Mm. Like, I started to like, okay, let me try and work these love languages. Um, and yeah, that's a little snapshot.
0: Man, um, said, this brother said a little snapshot, a little. A little. It's very rare that I have conversations with people that I don't try and chime in and ask them certain questions and X, Y and Z. And I prepare all these questions for the person. And I say, I'm going to ask all of these things. It's very rare that I look at my questions and I listen to the person speak and I feel like my questions are invalid. And I'll tell you why. You've given me or you've given the people everything that they need to know about you. I could ask you about First Class Foundation, I can ask you about the mm-hmm. consultancy, I can ask you about, about all of these kind of things. But the way you've just opened up, in a way that wasn't prompted by me, was what people needed to hear. And I feel like, in a sense, what you needed to do when you were here, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, it's a. It's not a weird mm-hmm. feeling. I know it, where it's come from. Mm,
1: well, I, you know, I need to just jump in and say it. One of my biggest things, and it's a frustration of mine. So we do a project called, in a charity, we set up to do three things: mm-hmm. reduce youth violence, mm-hmm. improve mental health resilience, mm-hmm. and connect young people and their families to their purpose. Yeah, charity is going, it's growing, it's growing nicely. We've got, off my head, about six full-time staff. The sessional part-time workers is about fifteen for our outreach program. Mm-hmm. Things are going good. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. growing nice and steadily. Now. One of the things that frustrates the chicken and chips, rice and peas, ackee and saltfish out of me is like, if man see me, mm. like I think I have a nice. I will keep it real. God bless me. I have a nice whip. Yeah, yeah. My whip's V8. Jeez. Yeah, like my thing barks like glory to God. Yeah.
2: My barks glory to God.
1: I'm keeping it real for those who are listening. Like, but people get gassed. Mm. So, even like with my dear youngest project, like, could we mentor young men and try and help them with their mental health resilience. So, one night we had about 15 to 16 young boys from the black community, and I'm mentoring them, I'm, I'm pouring into them, telling them my story, telling them that they can be amazing, and talking about the, the power of doing a vision board for your life and giving them stories of how much vision boards I've created mm. and how I've, I've seen them come to pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, they all gas, they love it. We go outside, people see the whip, and they're like, rah! Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I said, nah, nah, nah. Get gassed, but what what I want you to get gassed about is the root. Mm. Many people see the fruit of people's life, Mm. but don't understand the root. I says, guys, get gassed on... With my chest, I can say, 5.30, for the last 15 years, bro, Monday to Friday, I am on my knees, bro. Mm -hmm. I have my journal, my Bible, and I pray. I come before God and I say, God, I beg you, show me the way, protect me, go before me. Because what happened, and it's important to give people the real, like when my daughters are younger, I'm like, they're waking me up in it. Mm. And I'm like waking up groggy, like the Incredible Hulk and like just like pushing them away, like what? And I'm waking up with a mad energy. Mm. God, I said, God, how can I shorten this? God says, wake up early before your kids. So I started to wake up and I spoke to one of my mentors um and he's telling me how he used to pray early in the morning so it was hard bro waking Mm -hmm. up five o'clock five thirty but i realized that when i got up early and just went on my knees and prayed to god and read his word i realized that i wake up with like more peaceful Mm -hmm. when i started to realize the power of like death and life is in the power of the tongue and like i declare so i'll I'll do things like father god i declare that today is going to be a blessed day that in my household is going to be a peace. There's going to be joy. There's going to be an overflow of your grace. What would happen now? I'm energized. Mm-hmm. So my kids are waking up now, daddy, and I'm it's like, "Good morning." Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. and I got energy for them. I got energy for my wife. I'm like, my wife's waking up. You want a cup of tea? Yeah, you yeah. want some coffee? And I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna say I got energy, and that's why I do it. Yeah. I'm not saying in that 15 years I've been on it every single day, but that is my, that's my. If that was like a Samson moment, and, and, and someone's asking me, what's my secret weapon? The secret weapon is that prayer time, mm. that secret place. That's what's giving me the power. That's what's allowed me to birth certain things. God has given me, bro, I had a I had a mad thing that happened here. So imagine now, I'm trying to serve my house, mm. serving my children, and God's telling me that I'm a part of the kingdom, I'm not a part of the world. So he said, stop trying to do nine to five working. Mm. He says, do you understand that I can give you one word of instruction that will feed you for three months?
2: Like,
1: huh? So let me give you the practicality of this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm chatting my business like this. Not, God knows my heart. I'm not trying to show off. Mm. But I'm trying to inspire people with real stuff and how it's important to surrender to Christ and surrender to your heavenly father and listen to what he's saying. So one time now, God had given me an instruction to drive to the Stratford-upon-Avon mm. and give um, the marketing manager of the Royal Shakespeare company my mm. business card and this magazine. So we used to help distribute the Vine magazine mm-hmm. back in the day. And, and I'm like, go to Stratford-upon-Avon, that's mad. So I was obedient, I did it. I drove up there, yeah. I said, I went to the reception, can I speak to the head of marketing, please? He says, who are you? He says, I need a person to give him this magazine. He says, okay. I called him down, he came down in the lift. I knew I had like less than a minute with him. Mm. I said, know you don't know who I am, but if you need to effectively engage with black people and people from diverse communities, I'm your man. He has my business card, nice to meet you. Yeah, my name's Nathan Dennis. About a week and a half later, my phone rings, mobile phone. He says, hi, it's David here from head of marketing, Royal Shakespeare Company. I was like, okay. He said, I like your style. He says, you wanna come down and speak to my team? Mm my marketing team about what you think you could do. I've gone down there, there's about five, six people in the room. I'm like kinda of intimidated because his department is bigger than my whole company. I'm like, okay. I think I've done the maths on that meeting and I've took I pulled out about twenty three grand out of that over consecutive three or four times of engaging with them mm. through different contracts that I ended up doing for them. But over the time period, yeah, it was about twenty three thousand pounds. Now, going back to secret place living, mm-hmm. God's giving me instructions. I pray, write it in my journal, I listen, then I'll be obedient to what God tells me. And God's telling me that I can give you one seed,
2: mm-hmm.
1: one opportunity that feeds you. So when everyone's running up and down, <laughs> through nine to five, stressing out themselves, I'm just trying to hear one word from the Lord, mm. one instruction. And that's how I've been living my life, bro. So enough times people think I'm busy and I'm running around, doing all these things. I said, yeah, I post sometimes on social media or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to hear from God. And when I'm not, I feel sick, bro. When I'm not like spending that quality time with God, I do feel sick. I I don't feel as strong and as sharp. So when people are like, how do you do all these things? You seem so busy. Obviously you probably see we've invested and opened up a shop Mm -hmm. recently, a food shop, um, a Caribbean food store, Dennis's Caribbean, shout them out and follow them. This is all through obedience through following God. How did I have the money to do that? Through the tithing principles. We've done a jar system, me and my wife, went through financial tra- tra- challenging times as you've heard. Mm-hmm. But once God told us about the jar system. So there was a time in our life when we had five Pacific jars that we'd have like big massive jam jars mm-hmm. in our kitchen. We put the labels on them and the first jar was 10% tithe. The next one was 10% invest. The next jar was 5% um, leisure. Mm. The next one was 5% save to spend. And then the next jar was 70% bills. Mm. So we'll take out our income and we we'll put the percentages in the jars. Those percentages after a while became bank accounts. But let me show you what happened. Let's just say hypothetically in jar, saving to spend mm. was a grand. Mm. And then investing was like two grand. Mm-hmm. This is, these are hypothetical yeah, yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah. If the jar over here, bills, was empty, we'd make direct debits, bounce, even though there was money in the other jars, because it's about budgeting and mm. discipline. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. So we're not robbing the tithe. Mm-hmm. It said, shall a man rob God? That's in the Bible. But mm-hmm. you rob me in tithes and offering. So we're making sure God, yeah, sort out, make sure God knows that he's got my heart through my money and then do the other things. And we'd literally like, we'll find ways. Me and My wife was baking back then. And we'll send out like texts and say, "Anyone want to buy some cake?" And then we'll make up the money to fill the jar back to pay for um, the bill mm. and not touch the saving. So here what happened now? Eight nine months ago, my brothers are talking about vision for the shop, and I'm thinking about property at the time, and I'm kind of like, "I don't really want to invest in this, guys," because I've got a plan that I'm trying to do.
2: Mm.
1: And then I forgot that I created this jar that is now an account that I gave to someone else to manage. Because I know myself, and and sometimes, you gotta be real with yourself as well, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know you're, you're not good with money, like, give that account to someone and write a policy agreement to say, do not give me the money unless it's this.
2: Yeah.
1: Fam, word of a lie, I forgot about the money. My brothers are like, I said, oh, guys, I can get, inv- I can get involved. I've got I got some money that I forgot about. They says, how are you forgetting about so much grands. I said, because over about a four or five year period, I was putting that percentage away. Just like, as soon as money, poof, it could be a hundred pound, 10%, 10 pound goals. A grand comes in, poof, 100 pound goals. Mm. And I was just doing that, just like that, not looking, not even asking for the balance. And then when it came to investing, I had money, mm. bro, to invest and, op- and open up the shop. This stewardship. If you're faithful in little, God will make you master over much. People out here trying to just skip processes, skip tithing, skip offering, skip serving the church, the local ministry, skip all these things and think, wondering why there's no flow.
2: Mm.
1: There's order in the kingdom, man. And that's what I've tried to do, bro. I tried to like be obedient to what, what my teachings and the, 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 the ministry that I'm a part of. Shout out to New Jerusalem mm-hmm. and New n- now called New Jersey Community Church, what used to be formerly New Jerusalem Apostolic Church. I believe in covering, mm-hmm. I believe in accountability, I believe in getting mentors, I believe in stewarding what God has given you. I haven't always got it right, mm-hmm. but I know we're doing something right, because somehow, I even mean, bro, the things that God has made happen in my life, just it don't make sense, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be obedient, and I've got
0: one last question for you. Ah! I've asked you four questions.
1: Really, that's all? Yeah. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs>
0: It's been great, honestly, because not many people fully understand your story. They see the result. They don't fully see the root, nor, mm-hmm. do they see the, nor have they been a part of the process. So although you may have talked about it in certain instances and in certain areas and arenas, not everyone's gonna see this side of you, which I think is a blessing to me, a blessing to yourself, and a blessing to whoever's gonna watch this. My last question to you is this. With where you're at in life right now, what advice would you give to yourself?
1: Um, I definitely want to put a border around me. I feel like how God is moving in my life. It there is a success that frightens me. Mm. Real talk, it's, it's You see, like you think, like the the days when you had nothing is is hard, but what happens when God gives you the bag? And now you have to steward it.
2: Mm.
1: And it's hard because we live in a society now where it's like, I'll keep it real with you, yeah? Mm. I'm gonna put it like this. I was telling my brother this story. I went to my cousin's birthday brunch the other day in town. And everyone was like, and they had a, um, it's to do table service thing now, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And the bottles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, bro, I'm there. I go to the bar to go and get a drink. I've asked my missus what she wants. She tells me a drink. I go to the bar. And I said, you know what, I want to show these people what. <laughs> like, bro. No, no. So I'm at the bar, you know, and I'm having a warfare, bro. Because I'm like, I'm saying, so how much is done, Perry? How much is that? So I'm like doing the math, I'm no. like, I'm going to make it rain in this place. Like, I'm going to show them. <laughs> And I says, what are you doing? And I had to grab myself and say, that guy's dead, man. Like, leave that there. And I just ordered a bottle of water and the drink that my missus, my wife wanted. And I went back to the, the, to the table. Mm. And I says, here you go, Bab." And I had my water. And I just held it, what I'm trying to say? Mm. I just sat there. And I was just, and I whispered to my wife, I said, babe, that you know I was going to go and do it. She was really, master. she's going. And she just tapped me. She said, I'm so proud of you. And that is scary yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's, you're always warring with that. Like, he's mm. gonna say, like, you look on my socials, I don't post things. Like, one of my friends who does similar work around the youth justice space was at a 3 talking, and, and like, was at a 3 now. And in the conversation, I, I, I let him know that, oh, yeah, like, my kids, or one of my kids particular particular, go to a certain private school. Mm-hmm. He's going, Go private school, fee paying. I said, yeah, yeah, um, that fee is my highest outgoing.
0: Mm. He says,
1: what's going on really? I says, bro, God, bro. He says, do you need to tell that out there, bro? And I'm says, nah, like, I don't want that out there like mm. that I'm just doing my thing, doing my work. But for this platform, I feel different because I know people can sense that it's, it's Jesus Christ is at the center.
2: Mm.
1: It's because of paying the price behind the scenes. It's because of those obediences when I was there packing those offering envelopes. God's seeing me. Mm. Is that making sense? It's it's those moments of obedience when it didn't make sense to be obedient because it's been hard. I can't I can't express how hard it was like when I had no money and broke and trusting God. Um, there was two incidences that really stand um, stand out to me. Mm. One was like looking on social media and there's different waves that happened. So there was an Napa wave where all my friends. A out to Ayana then there was a Cancun wave, mm-hmm. and everyone's going Cancun. And bro, I couldn't even take my kids to like Blackpool, and I'm like, God, what is this, man? Like, what is this? And God is saying, Don't worry, Nathan. Like, I've got a plan for you. I'm gonna do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can think and imagine. And it was hard to hold on. It was hard, like when I had no an car and I had a double pram, and like it was raining, and like the boss would drive past because saying, Oh, sorry, no space. Pouring rain. Double seat to push My kid, my daughter's in there. And I'm like, God, what is this? Sometimes I have to walk from town into my house because I've missed the last bus. But I'm hearing God saying, I'm gonna do something for you. Like you won't believe. And I've seen God like be faithful to that. Like I've been blessed with a car. I've been blessed with a house situation. The house situation was mad, bro. My house that I live in now. Imagine yeah. Um was short for the money. Mm. But let me give you the story before that. I'm saving for a deposit. At that time, because I had the money was coming in, I was able to pay all my bills and save 700 pound a month savings. And I saved a certain amount of deposit. And all of a sudden I'm in church and I'm doing my prayer routine. And I'm hearing God say, I want you to sow here. Yeah? So one time I was in church and it was like something like, I used to think, "Raw, I'm giving 30 pound offering. That is amazing. <laughs> and that was a challenge. I heard a woman come up now in church. <clears throat> and she's saying someone in here is trusting God for something massive and God is challenging you to add a zero to your offering. I literally had to jump out of the church. God is my witness, yeah? I ran out of my church and flew, jumped in the car, flew to the cash machine and took out the money. Mm. And it was £30 and I took out enough money to make it a £300 offering. I was like, oh, my God, that is mad. Oh, my God. Am I crazy? You what am I doing? You the cash I was like, <laughs> rug. That was the biggest offering i gave given at the time then god's lead, led me to someone that needs a washing machine and then god's telling me take that person to Comet and buy them the best washing machine then god's led my heart this is the house deposit now you know yeah reason. yeah, yeah. i was led you. my heart to someone that's getting married and says i want you to give them this offering yeah, like this well, amount of money well, I'm and i'm like this don't make sense to the point that most of my deposit was gone through be the, through what i feel was obedience to god mm. house comes now we're trying to move out this this bedsit thing It's it's getting atrocious, I'm going to church, I'm serving God. But people don't know that I've got two kids at this point. We've only got like a, a living room, which is like a living room kitchen and one bedroom. I'm literally, cause I've got no space on the bed. I'm putting the two sofas together and sleeping on the sofa. Mm-hmm. But this time my church is doing morning service, evening service. I'm going to my, my cousin's church, Pastor Ryan and Jamie Johnson, mm-hmm. I'm going to their church doing Bible study. And I'm just trusting God for a miracle. I was at the Bible study with Pastor Ryan, and he's saying that we have all power and authority in the name of jesus someone needs to name and claim what they want and this time we was visiting like um like new build homes mm-hmm. like building sites and i tried to leave i left the bible study i was trying to drive home and the holy spirit was prompting me saying go on the motorway and go to that building site that you went to with your wife and i want you to jump out the car and lay your hands on the house and claim it in jesus name so i'm there at 12 o'clock at night bro real talk My brother's in the car laughing going, what are you doing? And I come out of the car and I prayed for one house that I was looking at and then another house that my wife really liked because you had a bigger kitchen. Mm. I laid my hands on the house and I prayed. I said, in the name of Jesus, I claim this house. Then I meant to go and jump in the car. And God says, jump out of the car. He said, walk around the car. And he says, anywhere the sole of your feet shall tread, you should have dominion and authority over that. And I was Mm. like, rah. Long story short, we make an offer to the house. We're short, about 5K. We beg, we ask the managing director, we go to the, the show home, mm. we saying to the managing director, oh, we really want this house. Saying, the man says, I'm not being funny, Mr Dennis, but you might need to just lower your, your gaze and look for something more affordable. But God is saying, no, nah, that's your house. Bro, the saleswoman phoned me one day and she said, oh, I, got a manage, I got a meeting with the MD and we we're about to wrap up this site. I going to just mention your case to him. So me and my wife decided it was 11 o'clock, we're going to pray for the whole hour. Mm. So we prayed and we fasted, I think we did. The woman phones us and goes, Mr Dennis, you wouldn't believe my managing director or my MD, my sales dem- director, I think it was, has instructed me to transfer, I think it was five and a half K to um, your solicitors, the house is yours. That's the God that we serve, bro. Like real talk, I live in that house now. That's God that I'm talking about, like, and, I feel that we just need, as a generation, mm. to go back to that place of faith. Hebrews 11, faith is evidence of things not seen. Mm. The, you know, the substance of things for, but evidence of things not seen. That mm. like we need to get back to that place. And I just feel like we're just fully distracted. Mm. We fully, like, even though we, we, we're creating these things gonna be on social media, I don't want people to be on social media. Mm-hmm. I want people to be on in the secret place I don't want people to like get like okay get gassed or some people might get encouraged by this, but all them start getting fixated by me, get fixated to Christ, mm. get addicted to prayer, get addicted to living in the secret place and 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 praying to God and saying God show me the vision and the plan and purpose for my life. Mm. Like we're too distracted as a generation, and because of that distraction, we're losing our power and the anointing that breaks the yoke.
0: So what advice would you give to yourself with where you're at in life right now?
1: Is make sure that I've got people around me that can keep me accountable. Mm. 100%. I would love to. I think I need to create a personal board of people that I can go to for different areas. So I have a mastermind group and I will do more of that, like more accountability and more people around me to help me be accountable to make sure I'm stewarding the things that I've been given. Mm -hmm. Because power position is a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. and it can go to any of our heads we've seen it how many men of god mm-hmm. that have done it king david <laughs> looked at a thing before yeah. you know it slap slap <laughs> as a baby and going to say mm-hmm. i am not going to be on this thing and, and be fake i l- let me tell you with my chest i love my wife my wife is incredible she's fully sexy fully beautiful i love her but don't think because i love her that on a sunny day and i see a thing walking some, if I don't, my rah, really, I have to like catch myself and like Jesus, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm keeping it real, yeah, you but are. But man, don't keep it real in, in it the so kingdom. I'm trying to say, yeah, man, yeah. man, act like oh, when you're married, it's like it all goes. I'm still a man, bro. I'm like, bro, look how back in the day, Old Testament, man could have 700 wives and nations things and concubines. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, we have that capacity in us. So, I was listening to a message the other day, like, when we submit and surrender all of that potential that's in us to one woman, you yes, understand it's a big decision mm. because we have the capacity to have beer wives and concubines. So yeah, that's what I would say is like more accountability. So I've got this thing where I think it's a beautiful example of this. Is I was in this mastermind thing mm. and they put me in a hot chair
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like they said, Nathan, are you in debt? Mm. I was like, rah, this. It's like you're giving them permission to ask you anything. Nathan, have you cheated on your wife? And I'm like, rah. I think that's what we need more of mm. yeah more hot sheet like more accountability agreed circles of accountability where we can ask each other things so i can say yo h bro are you keeping it real mm. on, on certain things and if we're like living like that we keep each other accountable yeah i'm gonna say like but like all this turning a blind eye that's enough like there's so much rubbish out there and we just like Turn the blind eye to sin. Sin is still sin. It still leads to death. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible hasn't changed. But we're living, this generation is living. Like, ah, uh, we've got some 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 21st century grace. Start talking rubbish. It's affecting us. That's why we ain't seeing the, the revival and the harvest like how we need to see it. Because the reality is, I think, I can't say, I'm not in every church. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people are keeping it 100. People are doing did. and then cause... No one's not calling you out on it like how what I heard used to happen. Cause I wasn't around in the church mm. them days, but I heard the mothers just like look on you and saying, hmm? "Fix up, fix up, brother, hitch, what are you doing?" Well, we don't have that no more. Everyone gets, everyone's so sensitive now. This generation, you can't, t- you can't t- give anyone the truth. Mm. You can't approach no one. Everyone's like, "Who are you?" You can't chat to me, and everyone's talking. You know what I'm saying? So we we're kind of like, we kind of like getting caught up in the world system kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing, bro. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's easy. Success brings its challenges, I'm gonna say, because you lose people as well Mm -hmm. um, on the journey. Not everyone can come where you're going. Um, And that's just sometimes a lonely road because you can't let people in or you you find it hard to trust people. So you have to be very wise in terms of the people that you let into your circle.
0: Mr. Nathan Dennis. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for having me, bro. Like, I'm I'm super gassed to be here, man. I've, I just, if this is where like the birthing has to happen for the this this generation, I'm glad it's on this platform. And I just hope, like I said to you when I was on the mm-hmm. online thing, like, we need to get back into sewing into things, man. Like sewing into each other, if, with our time, mm-hmm. with sharing things on the social media, or if it's financially, like we we should sew into each other. So mm-hmm. I just. Say thank you, like seriously, and the team behind the scenes, like, thank you. Like, I know how hard it gets, and I, I can imagine how much time you've probably been discouraged on this journey.
0: Every I'm day. Gonna say.
1: And yes, when you're trying to holler day. at people, <laughs> and people acting like they can't see your DMs and all this, you know, like, we forget ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm I to say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I'm like, we're here to serve the king, we're here to advance the kingdom. Anything else is dead.
0: Mm-hmm. I, for me, uh, I understand that this is God led, so I don't get too distracted or distraught. There'll be times but I'm like, you know what, God's doing his thing. Yeah. But anyway, Mr. Nathan Dennis. Ah! It's been conversation with H. <laughs> superb, superb. <laughs> Incredible.
1: Oh gosh.
0: Ask him four questions. Anyway, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and we have more content coming we we'll very, very soon.